All right. Are you ready, Sam? I'm I'm ready. How are you, James? You ready? I'm good. Were you born ready? Uh, I was born a baby, but soon after I was ready. After a little bit of training, a little bit of training. before you learned how to talk, before you learned how to walk, you were ready for podcasts. My first words were, "Let's do this podcast." <laughs> wow, the whole sentence, whole sentence, grammatically correct, very enthusiastic. What's your favorite fair food in honor of the Richland County Fair this week? What is your favorite thing to get at any fair? You gotta go fried dough. I mean, whether we're talking funnel cake, elephant ear, whatever you want to call it, but you gotta go fried dough at some point. And for okay, fried dough. Quick question: Okay, would you rather have a funnel cake or an elephant ear? Funnel cake. Hands no down. question. No, no debate. No. I'm coming around to the elephant ear. I used to be funnel cake, but I think I'm moving towards the elephant ear. I won't say you're wrong because I respect you. But the correct answer is funnel cake. We'll see. <laughs> what else besides uh, fried dessert? Those fries, like the boardwalk fries that you know have just been soaked in grease oh, yeah. for like. Twice. Oh, yeah. Twice soaked in <laughs> grease, twice fried. You do you put vinegar them. on your fries? I'm not a monster. Of course I do. Oh, okay. Yeah. I usually, I should actually take the top off of the vinegar bottle and just pour it in. Just pour it in. Yeah, because I mean, my, I get like my forearm gets pumped up trying to yeah. spray that much anyway. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, we got the fair this week and also this time of the year. We are almost into football season. We are almost in, which for a lot of people is the highlight of their year. It's one of the best times of the year. Actually, I, well, we won't have a weekend without football for how many months? Seven, eight, nine months? Eleventy. Eleventy. A lot. A lot. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the Buckeye football and obviously local high school football is in, enjoyable. Um, but today we are actually looking at a article about a specific football player. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? So we came across this article earlier this week, or maybe even at the end of last week, and I thought it was very interesting. And you're starting to see more of this, right, of professional people being honest about what it's like to be a famous person and what that life looks like. And Andrew Luck, quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts, did an interview with Sports Illustrated recently. And for anyone listening who's maybe not familiar with Andrew Luck, professional quarterback, very high caliber player, had some shoulder problems, needed surgery and rehab, and ended up missing the entirety of the 2017 season. And this article really looked at, you know, okay, you missed an entire season of this thing you've trained your whole life to do. What was that like? And Luck actually ended up saying, it was a blessing in disguise and it was one of the best things that ever happened to him because what had happened was he had wrapped himself up in football so much that when he didn't have it for a year, he was forced to step back and reevaluate what he made his life about. And he was forced to reevaluate his relationships, right? Like one of the things I found fascinating in that article was he talks about his relationship with at the time, his girlfriend, now his wife. And he says, honestly, if I hadn't been injured and missed that whole year, I don't think we're still together. I think I messed that relationship up because of how I was treating her in relationship to how I was treating my job as a football player. And there's one quote I want to read, and I want to get your thoughts on it then. Because I think tragically, I mean, I don't personally know anyone who's an NFL quarterback, but I do know people who have put their identity in their job. And I know there have been times where I've almost been tempted to do that. So this is what Luck said. I'd put way too much of my self-worth directly into how I was performing on the football field. And then I wasn't on the football field, and I felt quite empty. So how do you respond to that? 
I think a lot of us in some way can relate to that. And maybe some of us know somebody who has went through that. I know for the even professional athletes, football players, um, even Olympians, you know, they've been practicing this sport or uh, position since they were kids all the mm-hmm. way back to peewee football. So for the last probably 20 years of their life, they've been involved in this one particular thing. And I can see how that'd be really easy for that to become their identity or at least put, that's where they put their identity in. Uh, that's where they find their self-worth and um, probably because of all the accomplishment accomplishments and what it's provided it's for them. It's provided um, a way to practice a talent and even put it to use and even bring income for a family. Um, I know for me, I'm a fan of uh, motocross and it's a very dangerous sport. So they get injured a lot. They go through this exact thing um, pretty often, actually uh, so it's, you know, pretty normal for them every two years or so to have an injury. Um, but I've read stories that are very similar to this to where they had put all their time and energy into this one thing. And when the uh, injury comes, um, they're stuck thinking basically by themselves, like, well, what am I supposed to do now that this is gone? Right. And it's not to say that, you know, athletes, I mean, there are, there are a lot of athletes who use their platform to glorify God. So the issue I think isn't with, you know, celebrating what you're good at and what God has gifted you at. But what he's really getting at there is where he talks about, I'd put my self-worth into how I was performing on the football field. So he wasn't Andrew Luck, and he happens to play football. His identity was Andrew Luck football player. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is that problem when we don't know who we are apart from what we do. But it's a trap that you know, whether or not you're a professional quarterback or somebody who works in marketing at a pediatrician's office, we fall into that because think about it. When you meet someone new, how's that conversation go, right? Like, oh, hi, I'm Sam. Nice to meet you. Uh, What do you do? Oh, I'm this, right? Like I'm a marketer. I'm a welder. I'm a mechanic. I'm a teacher. We have made what we do synonymous with our identity. So then if what we do is taken away from us, even temporarily, it causes that okay, who am I without this part Mm -hmm. of my resume? So what for Christians though, and for anyone listening who maybe has wrestled with this, right? You've wrestled with feeling like my identity is built up in what I do. And all of a sudden I lost my job or I got injured. And now I don't know who I am. What's the answer? Uh, That's a good question. Uh, But I just thought of something Okay, because there's someone in particular who just retired um, Mm -hmm. from the NBA that, said that this was going to be a really difficult thing for them because it was their life. Um, and that was actually Dwayne Wade. And he said, you know, once I retire, I'm actually preparing to go through counseling because I know this is going to be really difficult, um, because of that. So I I thought that was, um, go along perfectly with that, that when you do find that it's your identity and such a big part of your life, uh, it can be difficult to figure those things out. Or even, I don't know if you've ever seen, um, that old clip of Tom Brady doing a 60 minutes interview after he won his, I think second or third Super Bowl, you know, and the guy doing the interview is like, all right, so you are, you are at the top of the world. You're young, you're a multimillionaire. You just won your third Super Bowl. You know, life can't get any better than this. Right. And I don't remember Tom Brady's exact response, but he says something to the effect of, man, I hope not. If this is all that life is about, that's pretty empty. I mean, if, if I've really peaked already in terms of what life means, there's got to be something more. I don't know what that is, but I just can't help but feel like this can't be it. 
And so you see across the sport, you've got millionaires, right? People who the world would say, oh yeah, their life makes sense. And they're grasping at what matters outside of this game that I've played or this, this paycheck that I've earned. Yeah. So how can we, uh, learn something from this article, um, and this story of Andrew Luck basically getting injured. And while that, uh, time period um, passed of him recovering, um, basically found meaning outside of football and it saved his marriage or maybe prevented it from that relationship from ending. Yeah. Uh, so what is the answer for those, uh, people that might be going through something like that. We'll look at that. So James, what would be, where would you start? Somebody comes to you and they say, I'm wrestling with my identity outside of work, right? Like where's my worth come from? So where's the first place you're going? This verse in particular is good, um, for a lot of other situations or, or conversations. But first, if we're going to try to find our identity, we need to know where we came from, who created us. Um, Genesis 1 26 starts and says that then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish, of the sea and the birds of the heavens over the livestock, over all the earth, over all over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. We are made by God and in his image. So that knowing that gives us some basis of what we're going to reference next, um, which would be in Colossians. Yes. And in Colossians, and I love that we start with, we're made by God in his image because that right there is a thing of beauty, right? The fact that God looked at us and said, let us make man in our image so that we can reflect him. And then in Colossians three, we see since this is Colossians three, starting with verse one, since then you have been raised with Christ, set your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And so we start with we're made in the image of God. And then as we work our way through the Old Testament and the New Testament, and by the time we get to Colossians, we've gone over death with Christ and resurrection in Christ. And here we see that reminder of, okay, we are alive in Christ. So our identity is not in those earthly things that it used to be in since we are a new creation in Christ. Ephesians is a great book for if you're looking about new creation. And then we get to Colossians where we have set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. And I think that goes back to what it took Lux injury season for him to realize, right? Like when I place my sense of self-worth in the temporary things of this life, it's going to crumble and fall short. I think there's lots of up and downs that go into that also. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause if you put in your trust and your identity in something that's not constant and perfect, like God, there's going to be times of depression, oh. times of uh, all kinds of bad things. Cause life, you know, there's some things that do bring joy to us, but mm-hmm. there's also bad things that happen. So yeah. when, <laughs> when you put your trust in something like football, when you have a bad football game, there you go. What happens to your trust? Yeah. You lose all that. So I think that, um, that goes along with it also. The fact that you're putting your trust, we should be putting our trust in something constant and perfect um, like God is. And then Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, this is something as a kid we were taught in youth group because when you're a teenager thinking about college and, and what you're going to do for the rest of your life, you, you don't know. You don't know how to answer those questions. But I think even as young adults and possibly even into retirement, yeah. you know, this applies 
you know, what am I going to do? What's tomorrow going to look like? Mm -hmm. Uh, What should I do? But really God's not so much concerned about those things as he just wants us to acknowledge him, trust in him, rely on him. And in Proverbs three, five and six says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding and in all your ways. So in everything you do, acknowledge him and he'll make straight your path. So he, he'll direct you in what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Just seek him uh, first. Yeah. The issue isn't in what we're doing. The issue is why we're doing it. If I'm doing my job to feel good about myself and to present myself to the world as this is Sam, the marketer, if that doesn't go well, then everything I've built up around that crumbles. But if I'm approaching it with that passage in Proverbs in mind of, okay, I'm doing this to acknowledge God and to glorify God, knowing that I'm a new creation in him, knowing that he loves me, knowing that Christ died for me, knowing that I have this relationship that can't go anywhere. Even if I have a bad day at work, that can't shake my knowledge of who I am in Christ. And it gives you the strength for those tough times. And it gives you the direction that you're looking for when what's next for my career? How do I handle this setback? Things like that. Um, But I think it's, I think it's neat when we see people, right? If you look at society, we put the rich and famous people on a pedestal. You know what I mean? Like you ask a kid like, oh, who, you know, who are your heroes? And they name athletes or movie stars or, you know I mean? It's always somebody rich and famous. And so I think when we get these glimpses into the lives of these people and we realize they're asking the same questions we are, they're searching for the same sense of meaning that we are, it reveals to the world, okay, maybe value and worth and purpose isn't found in being famous, being rich, being powerful. So if it's not found in that, where is value and worth found? And I think that's where we as Christians have an incredible opportunity to talk to people and say, this is what you're looking for, God. Right. I think that's where true joy comes from, too. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, I don't know who said this, but um, it was a quote from somebody who said, basically, if you want to if you want to lose joy in something you do, put your identity in that. Mm. Um, I think that's what helps Christians uh, and believers in Jesus get through life and get through um, day-to-day stuff is that, you know, we find our joy in our identity in Christ. So no matter what happens, Christ, there's still joy there too. Yeah. Because of that, because Christ is constant. Absolutely. All right. Well, so if you're listening or you're watching and you've wrestled with these questions and you're like, okay, yeah, that sounds great. But what does that mean? What does that look like? Come talk to us, right? Shoot us an email. Um, go to the church website, go to our Facebook page, reach out and connect with us. If this is something that weighs on you, not knowing where your identity and your value comes from, we want to talk to you about that. So please reach out uh, so we can have that conversation. Have a good day, Sam. You as well, James. See ya.